Greetings and welcome to Jesse I Interviews. I'm Jesse I and I'm a reggae DJ and radio announcer from NAM, aka Melbourne, Australia. I began this podcast as a way of showcasing some of the many reggae, dancehall and related interviews that I've conducted over the last 20 to 30 years. Unlike the versions that may have appeared on the radio at the time, I'm presenting these interviews here completely unedited, even including any incidental conversation before or after the actual interview itself. Sometimes this is just me fiddling with the recording levels and telling the subject about my radio program, but at other times it provides a little behind-the-scenes glimpse into an artist's personality, and I think it can be quite interesting. My intention here is less about presenting a slick interview package and more about providing a historical record, contributing to an oral history of reggae, dancehall and Jamaican music. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, please note you can become a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash jesse underscore i underscore interviews for as little as two bucks a month, and that helps me to cover the costs of producing this, and it also provides a bit of moral support as well. This might have fallen by the wayside a while ago if it wasn't for the support of the patrons, so big up who for big up. I produce this podcast on the unceded lands of the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation, and I want to pay respect and acknowledge them, because I think it's important that we remember the history that these lands have, and recognise the First Nations peoples who are still here and still fighting for their rights. This episode features the first of two interviews I want to showcase with the singer Luciano, recorded on my first trip to Jamaica back in 2002. Next episode, I intend to feature another interview with both Luciano and his longtime friend and touring partner Mikey General, recorded in 2007. I think Luciano is one of the most important singers in reggae music over the last few decades, particularly in the 90s when he helped bring Roots and Culture and Rastafari back to mainstream Jamaican music. I feel like we don't hear much about him these days. I don't know if he's just taken for granted now or he's less relevant than he used to be, but for me he remains one of the greatest voices in reggae music. I don't think you'll ever attend a sound clash anywhere in the world and not hear Luciano play on dubplate, and he's always killer. If you've listened to my interview with Jack Scorpio, you might recall the story of how I came to interview him on my very first day in Kingston back in 2002. This interview was recorded just an hour or two after that one as Jack knew that I was a huge Luciano fan, and he rang him up, told him to come straight over. The next thing I knew, there I was, sitting in Jack's office above Black Scorpio Recording Studio, interviewing the messenger himself. So let's get into it. Jesse I interviews Luciano, July 2002. This, I, I wasn't, I didn't really know if this was going to happen. I don't have any questions prepared ahead of time. I'll just you move naturally, you know? Yeah. Um, Alright, so. <coughs> What's your name again? Jesse. Alright, yeah. Jesse I. Is and my yeah. name. Mark. Give thanks. Mark, he's not part of the sound system oh, or the radio. No, okay. He's just a brethren. Yeah. He's, he knows a Jamaican running, so he's been All my right. guide. Give thanks. He's been coming here since 88. Bless him, Alright, well that's good, that's he's, good. He's my elder that's taking me around. That is good. Um, yeah, so I'll just, I'll read it, read a little intro as if it's going to air, but I can edit it before I put it to air, so yeah. if you, if you want to, if there's anything you don't want me to broadcast to say, and I'll leave it at. Um, with me right now, I'm in, uh, 
With me right now I have the messenger, a man called Luciano. Thank you very, very much for speaking to us here at Chantdown Babylon. Yes, greetings, brother Jesse. Good to to speak with you. Yeah. Really There's a blessing, man. Good to be here, you know. Greetings, Australia, Melbourne. Let me try that. The messenger, the cabal, man. Let me try that again <laughs> with the levels. The, it, it, it'll work best if we just okay. leave. Yeah, man, natural. It picks up everything in the room. That is good. All right. With me right now, I have the messenger himself, Luciano. Thank you very, very much for joining us here on Chant Down Babylon. Bless the love, brother Jesse. Give thanks, you know, that I take the time out to come all this way. Come and speak with Diana. It's good to be here. Yes. Bless the love of Australia. Give thanks. It's a messenger, you know? Luciano, I always like to start my interviews at the beginning, um, see where an artist has come from. Um, could you tell us a little about where you were born, what life was like growing up for you as a youth? Well, I was born in the countryside of Jamaica, in the, a place called Manchester, the more central part of Jamaica, you know? Mm. Lots of hills, and I grew up learning to carry water on my head and so on. And going with my father to the field, going from a very humble family. Nine of us, five girls and four boys, and the seventh child. My father was an uh, evangelist and my mother is like a midwife. So I grew up learning the ways of righteousness, like my father was always teaching us um, in the Bible and even the guitar, he would always be playing the music. So I grew up with a love for music and for the word of God. I went. Um, I passed through with my scholarship. Went to high school, Manchester High. I uh, was sex successful with three subjects: maths, English, and biology. Graduated. Couldn't get a job. I decided to go to the market to help with my brother. One of my brothers, he was going to the market at that time. I went with him. So I, I started selling oranges in the market. Yes. And from that stage, I used to still carry along my guitar with me. By this time, I have mastered my guitar and realized that I had a, a gift. So with this acknowledgement, um, I move on from the market scene into Kingston, where I know there are a lot of studios and so on. With, with, um, by this time, I had learned a couple of songs. I've written some myself, and I did a couple of cover versions and so on. So I was more or less prepared. But even coming to town, I still must, um, got a skill because I realized I needed some skill to survive. Yeah. So I went into upholstering. And for about three, four years, I, I was in a poetry. And from then, you know, I started going to the, like, after work, after work in the evenings, I would go to, like, studio. I'd find some time to go to studio. I would take a day off out of the week and go to the studio. But it was always in me from the days of church and so on. I always loved to sing. And I, and I grew up to love the guitar, so I always learned to pick, pick on my guitar. Yeah. yeah. You, you mentioned something, a word I didn't know. It said you were there for three or four years. Uh, yeah, I was there doing upholstery. 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 Yeah, like yeah. Uh, furniture. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. It's a, just a Jamaican accent. Yeah, man. Okay. Um, Alright, so what was your first real breakthrough in the music business? My yeah. first breakthrough was more like, well, because to me, when you have managed to sing or complete a 45, hmm. it's, it's like a great achievement because it takes a certain amount of confidence and discipline to break that ice. And to me, once you've broken that ice, it's like you're ready for other things. From one song, you move to one album, from one album to another. So it's like um, everything else. You know, so after I did the first song in 1992, it was um, Ebony and Ivory, a song that I did for Earl Hales of Aquarius Records at that time. 
Ebony and Ivory is a song which tells of the um, it's um, one of uh, Stevie Wonder's and Paul McCartney's. Okay. Come on, Ebony and Ivory stick together in perfect harmony. You know, side by side on my piano. It's like the philosophy behind that is that there's so much love on the piano, on the piano keys, because even though they are black and white, there's mm. so much harmony on the piano. And I, and I, I saw, I saw a lot of song. I saw a lot of um, message in that song, so I did it as my first song. You know. Wow. Yeah. Well, so, but but after all, after shopping around to find a, a proper, a, like a stable or a, a, um, a label, I went to a new name, with Mr. Castro Brown at that time. Mm. I did a couple tracks with him, and still like songs like Slice of the Cake. Um, um, give love a try, and a, a couple others. But even then, I was still not satisfied. I was still searching to find a stable or a label that I could work out or work through. So even at that time, I met up with Mr. Freddie McGregor. With I went with him to the studio. We did some work, and we before you know, we had completed an album which was called Shake It Up the Night, that came out about somewhere in in '93, the ending of '93 going into preparing to go to nine to four mm. and even at that time I was trying to work out a thing with Mr. Freddie McGregor but he, he being an artist himself had to be on the road sometimes so some I got frustrated at one time and I was still shopping around I still I met up with um, another promoter another producer Mr. Sky High from Mama Productions yeah. there I did a couple tracks with him and before you know we had, we had completed another album which he called um, Don't Get Crazy was released later, I think we were about 94, around that time. By this time, I was still hoping to find a settled label, and I heard about Exterminator, which is run by Mr. Philip Burrell, and I went there, and you know, like in the early part of 93. And from then, I started doing songs like Poor and Simple, One Way Ticket, To Charge a Be the Glory, um, Wicked Have to Runway, and started doing some great songs. Chant down and, you know, chant out. And we realized, I realized that Fatis and I had a great um, link in terms of communication as an artist to a producer and vice versa. Mm. By this time, he, you know, he identified certain talents in me and we started working. So I did song like It's Me Again, Ja. So It's Me Again, Ja was really, and, um, no, One Way Ticket first. Eh? Yeah. One Way Ticket did a great, it, it, it opened many gates for me. But Shake It Up Tonight, as I said, release was, was, was released by Mr. Freddie McGregor on the big ship label. Went, um, I think, number, Shake It Up Tonight went number one in the UK right. charts for about seven, eight weeks. So I got my first big break, like you say, in, in, in the UK. In UK. Um, even though in the scene in Jamaica, I wasn't fully recognized. And after a while, I, I got a song like It's Me Again, Ja. And, um, and start coming out with this song like one way ticket and then you realize the people started to hear a little more about me. Many of the Jamaicans thought that I was coming out of England, that I was born in England. When I said Manchester, they thought it was Manchester right. in England. Yeah. I had to clarify that one evening on an interview, you know. So in terms of that's how my, you know, recognition, my, my you know, break in the, in the music fraternity has been. Right. It's me, more like a, a compilation or a combination of efforts. It wasn't just one producer or one song, you know. It was a combination 
Right. Meanwhile, Shake It Up Tonight was taking up control in the UK. Fattest of uh, exterminator was making sure with laying foundations in Jamaica with one way ticket and it's me again, John Lord, give me strength and you know. So it, it's a combination of efforts. We give, really give thanks. Yeah. But I think things really culminated with me when I was working with Fattest exterminator label exclusively at that time i stopped yeah. voicing for other pro producers yeah it was it was around 95 from from 90 from the ending of 93 going that you started we started with working with fighters yeah. exclusively yeah in yeah. australia personally like it was around 95 that i first started to hear luciano okay. tunes on the radio as before as before i was living in melbourne because i grew up i can edit this out i grew okay. up in the bush like um 300 kilometers away from Melbourne, okay. 800 kilometers from Sydney, just in the middle of nowhere. Blessed man. And um, beautiful place to grow up, but you couldn't hear reggae music there. I can't so imagine, yeah. I'd come to the city to see my girl whenever I could, because she lived in Melbourne. This is when I was in year 12, and I'd always be listening to the radio. It's all right, Jack, I'm gonna edit this out anyway. But, and it was, it's me again, Ja, and who could it be now? And, Give me strength. They they were the songs yeah, that I man. kept hearing. Yeah, man. And at that point, I was only really in the seventies reggae, like Third World. Oh, okay. Bob Marley, Bunny Whaler, Peter Kosh, Black Uru. But and it was it was those tunes that, where I thought there is good modern reggae. And it, it opened, helped open up for me. And then then came Sizzler, Praise G Jar. Yeah, man. And that introduced me to the reggae style. Give that. But anyway, I just want to. That is good, man. Yeah, that is good. Oh, for, for helping me yeah, come into blessings. But speaking of um, coming up through the through the, the early days in the nineties, um, it seems to me that reggae in the 80, late eighties and the early nineties. Personally, I'm not a big fan of most material from that time. Um, I, the rhythms I don't like so much, and the lyrics slackness. It seems like consciousness really went out the window. Early yeah, on, man. like I know Tony Rebel was there, I know Garnet Sook was mm -hmm. there, man like maybe Admiral Tibet, but it seems like there weren't really many other people at all singing cultural conscious yeah. reggae. Yeah. What was it like as an artist like yourself coming with a conscious message? It was hard. It was hard because I found out I had to break with um, melodies. I had to find some songs that the people were familiar with. I find out that but that was one way I could enter into the music fraternity. Mm. I found out that people would love to hear melodies like old songs that they grew up with but in different style and I would put my own verse to it like even Lord give his chant is from one of those um old blue you know odd um they call it blues you know and this man was talking about the situation when as a farmer and so on I was singing Lord the fake another road like he was saying give to make another road to build a life road so I just find my own way and put my words to it and find a verse and set it so it's a little um experiment and a little creativity that i put into play right there you know but i find out that by singing the melodies that people always like they were acquainted with it was easier to bridge the gap between you and pro producers because producers tend to have a quick hear for melodies that they have already heard yeah but after a while when i met up with like fatis and sky high i must say sky high and mr freddie mcgregor because I did um, Shake It Up Tonight, which is what I sing a, a cover version. But I did a lot of songs, um, com um, original. You see, when you can find people who really appreciate, and you know, like people from the whole school, like Mr. Freddie McGregor, mm. Sky High, and the work I was working out with Slide Down Bar, and you know, 
and Brother Robbie and then Fatis, Fatis would collect, Fatis would handpick some of the best musicians like Mr. Dean Fraser and so on. So I was really working amongst the, the maestro mm. of the music, you know. So it was kind of easy to really come and, and, and experiment with my own songs. Yeah. So I think what really gave me um, the, 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 the edge over like young artists coming is that I had good material, I could write songs. Because I read a lot and I um, try to, you know, put words and words. I love poems and so on. Mm. And I read the Bible. And I find out that if I can read the Bible and, and maintain some of those words in my mind and my memory, I could really put it to my song, you know. Mm. So it really has worked. Because to me, every one of us here knows when we come across the truth. And when a producer comes across good material, he, he, he has an ear for it. Mm. Sometimes he might put his own rhythm or find his own colour to it, but he, he has an ear for good music, you know? Yeah. Well, I know um, in, the, in the mid-90s you worked for Fattis sort of exclusively, right? You didn't work with so many other producers right. when you were working with Fattis. But then a couple of years back you started to, to work with more different producers? Yeah, man. What was the decision there? Well, really, actually, the after, after I um, split from Exterminator and started doing my own production and thing, I have been approached by many brothers who go, over the years I've known them and like they would have loved to do some work with me yeah. and I just give them to me it's like sharing that gift that God has given to the producer giving my one song or my album yeah. making share a part of this I know what I've got and I know there's greater even yet to come so when a brother comes with genuine spirit like Mr. Scorpio here mm. you know over the years he has always been wanting in like, like some songs work to work with me but because I was exclusively recording with Fatis yeah. I didn't have much much opportunity or a chance because I was really more exclusively mm. working out of Exterminator so this was a, like to me a, a chance to share my, my gift with these great brothers over the years who have been there for me you know in my corner so I don't feel it's wise though to go around too much because I feel that um you know, there has to be some form of focus or concentration. Yeah. And so um, I know I get a lot of uh, offers, people who always want to involve me with projects and so on. But you can weigh, the, weigh them all and, you know, come up with projects that are worthwhile, you know. Um, I heard something about when you're in the middle of, you know, you've got full hype and everything, I heard that you took off. Like a whole bunch of time and went up into the hills and just pulled back from the music business. Yeah, What's man. What's the story there? I've never heard the proper story. You see, the truth is, after becoming involved in the fraternity, it takes a lot from me. Hmm. It's subtracted from family vibes and my, the natural life that I normally live. I have to become very busy and this time is like dedicating to the work now. It really, it, sent, it brought home to me that I really needed a break at one time. That after being in five up and down doing tours and getting ready to go on some more tours and so on, I realized that it was a lot of thing, things happening in my life, in my family life. You know, brothers and sisters, you have to find that strange behaviors and so on. Jealousy comes in and a lot of things. So I, I realized that I needed a little time, a little space to really reflect and, you know, regroup yeah. and push forward because. Yeah. You couldn't be heading down life's road, just like that. Not because, you know, you, you, you're probably signed to a company. You, you can't just, just do as you like. You have to find time to pray, 
to meditate. So I took the time out to go and connect with myself to my natural life, going to the river, you know, going to see my mama and eating some real nice cooking and playing with my friends and, you know, yeah. Chilling out for a while, I'm disappearing out of the busy scene, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah you can't keep going down the road without no, feeling man, the you'll crash. Yeah. I've seen many of the brothers who come with a good message, but I know I have good intention, but just because of the way the system set, because you have to know this now. You know. The system propel people to keep pushing you forward, and if you're not careful, you're moving too fast, mm. <clears throat> moving ahead of the time. So there, there comes a time when we have to ease back. And we, you know, reflect a little, and, yeah. and that was definitely what I did. Right. It's like a sabbatical, you know. Yeah. I interviewed Prince Allah once, and he said that he left the business. He left the business for like nine, ten years, and he just went up. I think he went up Bogo Hill and just read the Bible and just ate food, smoked herbs. Yeah, man. Reasoned, and, and, a person, and then he came back. Came back to the business. A person has the right. A person has the right. If he wanted to stay for twenty years, he had the right to do it. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. Other people taking their time to. To, to um going racing and all them things. Some people racing and killing of themselves. Mm. You have all bullfight and all them things, the man. People letting out bulls and people in, in the streets and all mm. them things. So instead of risking our lives them really, we take time out to really connect ourselves to the Father. Yeah. And then we come back. Because we are not forced to the system. Especially musicians and singers. We are like some angels who identify our true qualities. And we are trying to share what we are. The people will not receive it to the fullness when you're here. Sometimes when you're gone, they realize your true value. Mm. You know? Like Ghana Sook's words, ah, get stronger and stronger. That's it. Yeah. But I'm so grateful though, my brother, that I, I could have managed to come into town. My first enter into town, I carried my little bag with two suits of clothes, coming to look at job. So I didn't have no intention that I would turn out to be a star or some yeah. messenger. But you know, I had the talent in me. I had it all my time coming up into town, driving. There was a power in me, yeah. waiting on the right maturity and the right time and cycle, the completion of the cycle. So everything goes with that, you know. It's a time to sing, a time to write, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what about the name Luciana? Where did that come from? Well, that name was given to me by, the name Nourishiana was given to me by Mr. Homer Harris, who was that the producer who found me, the first producer who found okay. me. When all that, uh, all that time, when I was doing songs like um, um, Ebony and Ivory, he would like find some old songs to give me like, Oh Mandy, I remember all my life. I remember I did that song for him. And um, he used to come by the upholstery place. And you know, he heard about me through one of his friends who was working at the opposing. I was there singing, right. and, and you know, the brother heard me singing. Brother, his, Philip, his name is Philip. He heard me singing, and he said, "Wow, but you have a talent, man." And you know, he said, "He said I should put something on a cassette," and he did that, and he brought it to Mr. Harris. Mr. Harris heard it, and he came there, meet me, and from then on, if he heard of any student hours going, he would invite me, tell me, and you know. After work, I would go like to rehearsal, a band, and so on. So it was really Mr. Harris who gave me that name, Luciana, because I used to go by the name Stepper John. That was my first stage name, right. you know. Cause I made that name Stepper for myself, John. Stepper John, you know. Where did John come from? Because well, your I'd... real name is Jephthah, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, to the man, when I came to town, and just the way I used to walk, strong, they used to call me. 
stepper, mud stepper. They used to call me mud stepper. I tell him that boy, I don't like the mud, but them guys are stepper. My two know of a one named Johnny Walker. I just say, all right, call me stepper Johnny now. And I just work with the name, man. It was going for a while, but you know, when I told Mr. Harris, he decided he'd find a more, a more impressive name. You know, they had a selection of names from which we derived Luciano, you know. Why, why Luciano though? Like, is it? Well, he, it, he just came know? up with the name and I like it. And probably, I used to love to wear felt hats. And I remember this, this show about Lucky Luciano who always have his felt. So probably that is what he saw in me. Because yeah. when he gave me that name, I said, well, Mr. Harris, that name sound a way, you know. And I said, I like, I like the name, you know, Luciano. I said, well, I feel like I can work with that name, you know. So I just work with it. Later on, now, after becoming more involved, like spiritually, I realize the mission and see the seriousness of it. Mm. I say I have to find out the meaning of this name. So when I investigate it, Lucy, L-U-C-I, is a prefix which means light. And Luciano means bearer of the light. Right. Yeah, I, I look it up. Right. So when well, I... You found that out after you... I, it was after I became more involved spiritually right. in the mission. Yeah. And when I count the letters, you have L-U-C-I-A-N-O, seven letters. Which is my, I find is a lucky note with my number too. Yeah. Seven, because seven, I'm a seven child from my mother and father. And, you know, so I work with that. Seven is one of my lucky numbers. Okay. Well, of course, the other thing that people call you is the messenger. Yeah. And this, this, for those that don't know, and everybody listening to this radio show should know, but for those that don't know, what is the message? Well, it was I who, after reading my Bible in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, it tells me about. Um, the last day, when in the last days, when the Father, when God will send a messenger, you know. So the, I see myself in this within my works because I always read my Bible, and by reading this, it sent home something to me that this work that I'm doing, trying to spread a word of positiveness to help mankind to unite and you know see the need of finding the power within, tapping into the powers within. And when I read about Christ, like in Revelation, like in um, Ephesians chapter 3, and when I read about the power of the breath and all that, I realize that there is a work that we all must do. So, by doing my part in music now, trying to educate the people, I realize that I am playing. Actually, I have assumed this position as a messenger for the people. I take the message from the Almighty and give it to the people. So... I, I, I titled one of my um, albums, The Messenger. Mm. From then on, people just realize it. It's just catch on with the title and they call me Lucian. Yeah. But I like the title because it signifies humility also. I don't want to go as far as saying I'm a prophet or I'm a messiah or nothing like that. I feel better and feel, you know, in a more humble situation to say I'm a messenger. Right. A messenger of God. Yeah. Because I believe that there is a power in man. I think mankind, people are living wrong. I think that we, um, there's a lot of us eating wrong. And because of our bad eating habits, bad drinking habits, bad breathing habits, we are dying, you know, before our, you know, allotted time. And we're taking the planet down with us. And, and our bad eating habits causing destruction of the planet. Yeah. So we're really taking it down with us. So in my way... We have to find ways to educate the people and let them realize there's more to life than pursuit of vanity and wealth, you know. And the true prosperity is one that is gathered within the mind and conscience, within your knowledge, knowing that you, you live free 
and you live clean. You live good. You know, because even if you have acres upon acres of land and bars of gold, if you don't have love in your heart for people, you don't have happiness. You know? <clears throat> yeah. As a, as a singer and a Rasaman coming with such a positive message, what do you think of. It seems to me that, I mean, there's. There's other there's other Rasta artists now that, that I love and I play and I write, but sometimes they sing songs that come with such a negative edge. It's like a hatred, particularly you know I'm not I don't want to call names, but you know some of the anti Batty Boy tunes where they're it's just it, it just comes across like pure hate. What do you think about what do you think about those sort of you know, those sort of lyrics and that? <laughs> well, right now I realize that there will always be people to hit out against these negative, to me anything that is negative is going to bring upon itself fire and judgment. Yeah. Right now, to my understanding of the whole lifestyle of some people, especially some, you have some people who believe in homosexuality and all those things. Those things to me are wrong. Hmm. I believe that those who have a feeling to rebuke, because the Bible says you can rebuke certain things, the Spirit will come upon people to rebuke all this kind of negative life, because you see the Father himself, great God of creation, burn out Sodom and Gomorrah and he burn out um, all of the Babylon cities that have practiced negative liberty and um, erroneous lifestyle transgress against the principles of righteousness you know yeah. so but I I see we are I don't have to linger upon these because to me to bother in these things and hanker my life it's like bigging up these things yeah. so I find time now to shed the light to humanity to beckon to them to see life as a more spiritual essence, that they can live more to, to, to more want to gratify the soul or the spirit other than satisfying the ego of man. Because the, the man cannot be tamed or pleased unless you use reason. You have to use reason to tame this man. This man, if you follow man, the body, the physical, will always be wanting more and more. The more you, you get, the more you want. From from sensation to vibration, you know? So it is good when we can govern ourselves. Now, my songs now that I sing is more focused and more emphasized upon getting people to look at life more spiritually, to see that we have to conquer. This is like a test that we all have, and we must find a way to, to rise above our greed, above our desires, rise above our sensation and, and rise with truth and righteousness. Because only the word of God, as the Bible says, only the truth can set you free. When you know the truth, to know that, yes, I am a reflection of God and I should be living according to the principles. I should be living according to the similitudes. I should be reflecting that goodness, that righteousness, that cleanliness. So in all things, in your dressing, in your eating, in your dealing with people, you're going to show that purity in your thought and in your actions. So right now, I see where over the years I've grown to, to, to be able to reason with people. I come across many different people, people of all different lifestyle and different culture, different denomination, different religion. And I find out that once you have love and you have that overstanding, because God didn't send us here to judge anyone. We are here to really live and be happy and to make sure we live in love and harmony.
But some people want to bring their lifestyle to other people, and which is not right. You cannot force. To me, you have to try and do your best, what you can do best. Because a man might be pointing to another man and say, he, that man has dirty ways. You know? Now, in my way, I cannot support no form of negativeness that, that involves witchcraft, sorcery, or sadomism, or um, larceny, or thievery. Anything to deal with dishonesty and unrighteousness. Mm. I cannot support that because deep in my mind, I am always searching for truth, for freedom of spirit, for righteousness, for mm. peace, for harmony. And so I, I penetrate more on this. Yeah. You know, because there, there are two ways to go about life. One man say he wants to rid the world of sin, so he wants to kill off all sinners. Mm. This is what Hitler and those men come about to say that they do. Okay. <laughs> no. A man like Gandhi said he want to, to rid the world of, of, of all this war. And so he comes with a peace, peace. Yeah. Um, symbol or a peace philosophy. And it has worked. I see where the peace was because they're just celebrating the other day in India. Um, how much years of, 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 of liberation, right. emancipation through Mr. Gandhi because he has done such a great work. And then I look at the work of Yahshua the Christ, of Jesus. I see the work of Emperor Haile Selassie. And I know that their works live on and on. But people like Hitler and all them money, they don't have nothing to carry on their work. Their work is of death. So it, it, it rests there. Great fall. But works of righteousness now, they live on and on. So I want to bother more upon righteousness. Yeah. Sing songs to tell people good and bad, negative and positive, yeah. black and white, rich and poor. Let's tell them, say, we were created by God to live as one in love and unity. It's one breath of life, one universe, one God, one destiny. So when we address this matter now, all other lifestyles will fall under this umbrella of spirituality. Um, so when you're, how do you go about writing your songs? Or, do you sit down and to write lyrics, or do you? Does it come to you? It, it comes advice? naturally. It comes naturally, and I always try to walk with a dictator. Oh yeah. Sometimes a melody, you, you feel a melody, yeah. and you can, you know, just put it on. Sometimes melodies come like, oh, you see a bird. Sometimes just fly on top of, at the back of on your back porch. You just see a bird from nowhere. Like old brother Bob Marley would say, three little birds sat by his doorstep. You know, this is how the melodies come. It's like spirit, you know. So we have to sometimes have to be able to, if you cannot remember offhand, you take something like a decatone or, you know, mini disc and, you know, record it. But most of the time, songs come through experiences and um, relationship with people by just living amongst people and see the way they live and you know their lifestyle and sometimes their reaction towards you and your experience with man to man you know people humanity you get a lot of inspiration from that and then i read the bible too yeah. you know so my my um songs are written out of a rounded situation like a general flow of inspiration and experiences yeah. um this just a in the 
just before, a little while back, you mentioned Jesus Christ. You mentioned Rastafari, Yahweh. That that word. Am I saying it right? Yahweh. Yahweh. Yes. Because right, I know you have you have songs mentioned that a lot of songs yeah. mention that. That's not a, a word I've heard many other artists use. No, Yahweh. It's an ancient name. Yahweh is the ancient name for God. That's what I thought. It's a Hebrew name for the Creator. Right. Before the names like Jehovah and Elohim and all those names came into being. Now, Yahshua, Yahshua the Messiah is referred to as Jesus Christ. He is the one who came some 2,000 years ago within the light of Christ to teach humanity and to reconnect man to the spirit of God that is within. And this is why he, it is in Luke 17 verse 21. It tells you that the kingdom of God is within you. Christ coming up on earth was not to come and die on no cross because you can see he, even though he was buried, he, he overcome. So his, his turn up on earth was to live yeah. that I and I could live. Yeah. By, by teaching us his principles, we should walk within his footsteps. Like Peter walking on the water and never fall. So I'm saying, um, the Rastafarian faith, embrace, the true Rastafarian will embrace Christ as the foundation. Because first he came as a lamb that was slain, mm. and then as the conquering lion who rules and reigns. Mm. In Revelation 19, it tells about one who comes with a name upon his vesture, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, conquering lion of the tribe of Judah. Now, His Majesty Emperor Haile Selassie of Ethiopia was coronated in 1930, the 2nd of November in Addis Ababa. He was crowned Emperor, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, conquering lion of the tribe of Judah. Mm. He's the one who has received that title. So we see where Christ, as was promised in the Bible, has been fulfilled in, in his kingly character. And this is what Brother Garnet was singing about Christ in his kingly character. Okay. So now, when Christ was on the cross after he was crucified, to me, this was a test to see if he was really immortal. It was the final test that every great master has to face. If he really has conquered death. So when they crucify him, juke him and take out all blood and everything. But in First Peter 3, verse 17, it tells you that when you suffer for righteousness in the physical, you are quickened in the spirit. So this is what happened in the third day. Because after suffered to this way of uh, shedding of his blood to prove to mankind of his, of his love for humanity. Because he didn't have to come and sacrifice his life or sacrifice his his Freeman, or his love, or his, his happiness. For this sufferation that he had to bear up on the cross. So, even on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they have done. To me, even Christ, with all his powers of healing people and creating and calling dead from Sheol, he still acknowledged that there is a Father spirit in us. So that's why he say, when we pray to say, Our Father, who art in Zion, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, upon earth as it is in Zion. Zion now is like our heaven is within that region of mind and thought. Where when you govern mind and thought, you are ready to live in the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God transcends, it, it, it expands from right where you're standing to any part or any location in the universe. People are going out of space and having dinner, same way now. <laughs> so, Yahweh is a God. 
Yahshua is Christ in his, in his, in his lamb, as the lamb, and Emperor Ayala Selassie is Christ as the lion, in his kingly character. And both Christ, both Yahshua and Emperor Ayala Selassie both pray, they both pray to Yahweh, I am that I am, who lives in every living thing upon creation, not just man, living donkey, dogs, butterflies, bees, in every living thing, trees. Yeah. Yes. So we must not get confused. One of the main things that is causing a lot of segregation amongst people, why in Christianity you have so many different denations, why in Rastafarian tradition you have so many different houses, is because of this philosophy of different, different gods. To me, God is spirit and truth. We have to serve God in spirit and truth. God is like the breath. God is like the light. Ultimate good. Any ultimate good that you can perceive of in thought, in word, that is God. So a man who is perfect man is true reflection of God upon creation. But he still has to give account to the God of creation in order to stay alive. The breath that we take, who causes our heart to pulse? Who have the pulse of our being regulated? Who allows the blood to flow in our veins? Who allows the lungs to expand and to contract? There must be a mind behind this. There's a mastermind that created us in a form and a fashion. You know? Respect. Give that. <laughs> I might talk a lot, but I tell you, there's so much that you need to say just to clarify it yeah. and get it clear to the people out there. Because if they can take time out to see the truth that God is living in every one of us, they will take time to take care of other people. Because to kill a brother is like killing a part of you. You're destroying your own. It's the same blood. It's the same brother. It's the same flesh, same blood. So when you spill a brother's blood, it's, it's the same blood that you're spilling. It's like you're still perpetuating the crucifixion of the Christ. Yeah. That, that's, that's one thing that I, I like, try to keep in mind. You spill a man's blood on the ground, that's your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather's blood, your great-great-grandmother's blood. Oh, Everybody yeah. that came before, true. it's the, their blood on the ground. It's true, it's true. And the generations to come, blood. Mm. You know? <laughs> Alright. Um, uh, can't keep you too long. Um, We're looking, obviously, um, your career now has been long and distinguished and a lot of accomplishments, achievements. Is there anything that you look back on that you feel particularly proud of? Or Well, one of the great um, achievements to me is to be able to maintain my standard of positiveness. Yeah. That this to me is a good, even if I've built monuments and I've set up offices, these are secondary. To me, the greatest importance is within maintaining my standard of positiveness right. and being focused with it, good music and, and being true to my people, being true to my creator. Because to me, everyone out there who errs, as in Jeremiah 23, it tells about the false preachers. There are a lot of false preachers out there that are leading their children astray. But they all have to give account. Because every man who encourages gunting 
you'll have to face the you have to face the gun someday. Because mm. the Bible says if you live by the gun, you shall die by it. So there's no escape for the wicked man. I am happy. What gives me great joy is to see him, even in the higher society they have acknowledged my work. Because my son they have nominated New Day as one of the yeah, like album of the year sure. for for the Grammy Awards. Yeah. It was nominated, and um, in the high times they recognize my work. I know my work is is far and wide, you know, and I know it's reaching out there. It's not my work, but it's like the work of the Father coming through me. Yeah. But give thanks that I'm able to focus because the Father is working through a lot of other people. But because they're not fully focused, the devil using them. Some of them, too. Mm. you know. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. sometimes in between, like lunch break, they may, they never use them, you know. Yeah, well, that's you can talk <laughs> words of truth and righteousness all day, but if you go and steal from someone at lunchtime, then that's as Junior Reed would say, that's that is true, man. Right that is true, man. You can be that God in flesh or Satan. But but one of the greatest thing that um, because it tells you when you the perfect man is one who first can control his tongue. Because said once you can brag your tongue then you can control other members of your body. The same way in which the very elm of the ship, that, that little, that little small elm, how you call it, what is it, the rudder? Yeah, the, or the, what is that? The, um, I know what you're talking about, the, Yeah, that small thing that turns the ship. Turn the whole, the whole ship. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's a rudder, I think. I think so, I know. Yeah, yeah man. Um, when you see even with the horses and the cows, they put they put harnesses in their mouth and they can't control them. They put rings in some of the cows' nose and they can't control them. But the tongue, but the tongue, it's the same in which if you can't control this little tongue, it will you'll be able to control other parts of the body. I have proven that for myself. You know? It's true. Yeah man. Well, okay, well, we've, we've done plenty of looking back. What does the future hold now for Luciano? The future is very bright. Right now, I look forward to, you know, um, expanding upon, like, workshops, youth clubs, setting up um, activities for other youngsters coming because I know it is definitely my mission. Yeah. And as time progresses, my, my inspiration broadens, my scope, my vision broadens, so I see better ways of, of doing my work. It's not just singing because... Singing is one aspect of getting the word out there. But you have to it, it take on to self flesh now in the form of works and doing activities, having, you know, youth clubs, having the youths, some youths involved somehow in the youth communities. And um, I could only just start from like my home, Jamaica, you know, where I was born then. And then I take it to other parts like Africa and so on. And anywhere where I you know, have a strong fan base can still have something set up there. To me, people need something. People believe in what they hear and what they see. You know? And this is why I, at all times my my endeavor is to have to set an infrastructure and have a way by which the music is carried out there. You know. Um I see myself doing like some documentaries later and might doing, you know, doing running some um, doing more evangelism. You know, because I see where sometimes, you know, technology and all these things, they get in the way. People need to be in close contact. Like when Jesus, or Jesus, seeing the multitude, he went into a mountain. 
it's, it's, it's almost expected that when he sees the multitude, he would go into a mountain, you know, yeah. and he would deliver unto them words, parables, and so on. So we need more of a natural communication, contact with the people. Sometimes you go to stage shows, the, the, the people are so far away, they put the stages high up, and some high end bars, it's like prison. Mm -hmm. I have to jump off some high place, yeah. and I almost hurt myself. <laughs> to go and meet the flock, you know? There's no shepherd who's gonna have your flock where you can stroke the sheep over the back, or, you know? Be able to pat or even touch your hand or, you know, shit, you know? Man, it's crazy. So, we need more to more, like community workshops. Like you, like um, um, more, more um, college tours and so on. I want to do more of that. And it, this might not necessarily mean Having a big entourage going around. I just need some um, very, you know, basic, you know, essential uh, workers. And you, you just have like workshop, you talk with the youngsters. And I think God has blessed me with that. And I can share it to the people. Because music has brought me to another level. It has taught me eloquence, clarity of speech, politeness, and, you know, diplomacy. Yeah. You know. You <laughs> so, can see that. You can yeah. See that. Yeah, I, I, I interview some artists and, you know, like just the fact that I understand everything you say, yeah. some artists speak patois so fast. Yeah, man. You know, and people in Australia listening to the radio, they're not going to understand right. half of that. You have to be able everything to explain you say things. will come across. Yeah, man. Me. Give thanks, man. The only word is upholstery that caught me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I understand you have a label with Mikey General as well, Kabbalah label. That's yes. That's Mikey General. Right? Yes, my brother. Very nice um, brother. Brother Mikey General has an album coming called Exalja. Um, Australia, you can look out for that one. It's on the Jamesinja um, Kabbalah label. And we, we have um, like youngsters like um, Milton Blake, um, Baba Tunde, um, Bitter Roots. And we have some, we're looking, for, we're looking around for, for young, young messengers. Right. Wherever we see the talent in them, because I can find them. Yeah. As time progresses, we're going to have more like talent searches and we have um, pop and variety yeah. concerts. We have yeah. to find ways to get the youths involved. Mm. And it is one good way of getting them off the street and away from jocks and guns. You know, get them involved in activities, drama groups, dance groups, sports, yeah. clubs, you know. Mm. That, that, that's all the government needs to spend on. Mm. More community um, centers and so on. Yeah. Put their money, instead of building prisons and all those. Yeah. You know. well, yeah, it seems to me this as, as somebody coming to Jamaica for the first time, see, so many kids with nothing to do, and you see, you see older people that don't want to do anything, and you think, maybe if they had things to do when they were younger, and they wanted to do things when they were young, maybe they wouldn't want to be, want to do nothing now. Yeah, man. Expect not to work. And it's that sad situation. I agree, though, that them, them, there are many out there that are lazy, because mm. in every country you're going to find lazy yeah. bones, you know. But um, the system, I don't think the system is set to really yeah. help or like... Well, like you said, that you, you graduated and then you couldn't find a job. Yeah, it was hard, man. Say they went to University of West Indies and studied for years yes, and man. they still couldn't get a job. It, it, it's terrible. The system is not geared upon helping youngsters, really. It's more upon seeing um, like government rule in, in power. Yeah, bigger heads. And, bigger, and you know, who can buy the biggest... Um, 
biggest housing scheme or set up whatever project or oh, yeah. you know to me we need more workshops we need more centers you know i i've tried my little best but i can't do it all mm. and i know we we have um come to the realization that we have to find ways to to involve the government somehow with our project yeah. it's it's not just it's not just a, a one man thing it's a community thing and we need the heads of government to become more involved with the youths in the communities because these are the same youths that they have to face to face the government the law the forces have to face these youngsters because these youths on the street before you know they start carrying guns and you know pushing drugs and they become dangerous they find people they find people dying and all things so we need to address these matters you know the music is one good way because I have really worked hard in this area, but I have sufficiently come to the realization that I need to extend this knowledge into other areas. You know, yeah. the time is right. Uh, well, is there um, is there any anything else you'd like to, to say to the Australian masses, the people down under? Well, really, I want to tell um, my friends and families of Australia, land down under. That I'm coming soon, man. I, I look forward to coming there. That's one of the first things I want to say about Australia. I'm coming soon. I've heard so many things about Australia. I've not gone there as yet. But I know when I land in Australia, it's going to be a wonderful time. You know, I just want the people to know that there is a God and there is hope for humanity. But we must first unite. We need to see that there's no need for segregation. It's philosophy of black and white. It's one disillusion, you know. It's, we are one. It's one breath of life, one blood that flows through our vein. It's one God of creation. Let us unite. Bless and love. Just guide and protect the messenger. Yes, Rasta. Yeah. Give thanks. Thank you very much for joining Bless us here. Bless and bless man. Give, you take good care. But I'm a, yes, you take good care, man. Beautiful. That's that's going to be a fantastic interview. We'll take up a whole radio show with us. They come from a land down under. They come from a land down under. When child don't play, Babylon run for cover. Um, <coughs> yeah, works they come from a land down under. They come from a land down under. They come from the land down under When chant down plays Babylon round for cover Yeah, the chant down Babylon, you know With Jajetsi I On PBS FM Stay tuned Beautiful. Do one more, make sure Make sure? Yeah Make sure Metro is a messenger Teaching the youths about roots and culture Tell the master the female baja. That's all I had in it. I got Metro is a messenger. Bless the love. This is Lucian of the Messenger, and you're in tune to Metro on PBS FM. Stay tuned. Yeah. Beautiful. Give thanks. Yes,
Luciano speaking to me there from the offices of Black Scorpio on Malines Road in Kingston back in July 2002. Listening back to that one, I had to laugh at the end there as I asked him for a second jingle to make sure, as in make sure I got it recorded. But he thought I was asking for a jingle for somebody called Metro, and he did the whole thing from Metro. I guess thinking of Metro Media Sound System or something. I didn't even bother to correct him as I was a lot less assertive at this time, being so young and much more easily intimidated by Jamaican artists back then. That has definitely changed over the years. I think I've actually learned uh, a bit of assertiveness from Jamaicans themselves, if I'm being honest. That's it for this episode. As I mentioned earlier, next time I'll be featuring an interview with Luciano and Mikey General together in the studios of PBS. It doubles up a little bit, of course, but it's a really good one, well worth the listen. Big shout to the Patreon supporters, the Don Armageddon Time, the Real General Empress Irie, me Idrin Tom Tanaki, and me Chargy DJ Pablito. Thanks for listening. Eyes is every time. No, my brother, no. Never test the child down sound, cause we will throw you down. So why no? No selector, no. Never test the child down sound, cause we will throw you down. Yeah, please, Jesse I, and Rats Crucial, it's a memory. Of the messenger, the good of all days. Come and cry, please, Jamel, I still have people of the Almighty to our day. Oh my God, please, Jamel, and bring my baton. Jamel, send the mass. Do some sound, please, Jamel, take it so long. Jamel, don't tell. We beat another sound for Another sound for love. Chant the sound, it's a sound, it's so fine. Beat another sound for love. Oh, Almighty Savior divine, we slew another sound for Don't you say chant down for the toy? Look at the crowd, how they're dancing in the low. Look at them, I want. When them here chant down, sound so low. We slew another sound boy. Oh, Almighty Savior divine. We beat another sound boy. It's just downtown, you're sounding so fast. Slew another sound boy. Oh, Almighty Savior divine. We beat another sound boy. Don't you take that down for the time. I feel it in my heart, feel it in my soul. The way on the dance on the road. Sound for